0: This week's episode of the Screenwriters Rant Room is brought to you by avgearguy.com. If you have any photos or documents that you need to scan or videotapes or audiotapes or film rules that you need to import into your computer, check out avgearguy.com. If you mention the name of this podcast, when you order, you'll get 5% off and a portion of your order will go to help support the rant room. All these formats degrade over time and are sitting ducks in the case of fire or theft. Why not convert it all to digital? All of your memories could be stored safely on the cloud or on a hard drive that fits in your pocket. AVgearguy.com has over 30 years of experience with all kinds of media, digital and analog, and they can accept orders from anywhere in the United States. Don't forget to mention the screenwriter's rant room and get 5% off your order. For more details, visit their website at avgearguy.com.
1: I'ma say what I feel, and I promise to keep it real. Welcome to the Rank room. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Be a rider, well you gotta be a rider Till your fears are diminished and the doubts are behind ya It's hard to grind and the business got me stressed In the rent room, we let that shit up off our chest You know the street nerd has got no time for no caca Sass in class, yes that's Lisa Bolakaja Never have to guess when you're listening to Hilliard He gon' bring more no game than a shark playing billiards It's all about the crap of screenwriting It's exciting when you turn an outline into something enlightening Your pen and words are like bullets in a gun Write what you feel, say what you want
2: Welcome to the Rant Room What's up, y'all? It's your boy. Hillary guests. You guys are listening to the Screenwriters Rant Room. Where we keep it real, we keep it opinionated, we keep it wide. What do we hear? Is, 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 is what it is. What it is. What it is.
3: Yes.
2: <laughs> Cause that's the climate we're in, y'all. That's what we're talking about. Um, so y'all know how we do it on the rant room. On the show, we <laughs> we discuss <laughs> TV, film, music. Culture, but what our focus do? is on screenwriting, <laughs> stories, craft, and shit like that. You hear her cackling in the back uh, like a snickering like, hound. you just pay a
3: little muttly. Just okay. With <laughs> her drink of, drinking my cranberry juice to help my little sore throat. It's been raining off and on here in San Diego, and I made the mistake of leaving my window open. So oh. I kind of got that cold air throaty sore throat thing going on. So, but also me and my sister have been watching movies outside with my LCG projector. We've been watching oh. horror movies. And like, <laughs> I, I, listen, and like yesterday we went out and it was yesterday, no, the day before yesterday we were watching the autopsy of Jane Doe on Netflix. Oh my God, right. And so, you know, we're sitting outside I'm eating my chocolate cake, drinking my water. We're sitting on our lounge chairs, you know, it's outside. And, and the movie ends and we hear like where our house is, is located. There's like a couple houses down below us. And down below, somebody owns a... Um, that we used to own also, which was a husky dog. And so the husky was making these noises, like this kind of like... American Werewolf London type. Shit. That bang sound. And I swear to God, my sister must have jumped on me to get into the house so hard, almost knocking over my computer and the projector. And I'm like, will you stop tripping? That's just the dog. She's like, no, it's not. Listen to it. So we're standing outside in the dark, mind you, because I just turned everything off. It's mm-hmm. pitch black. <clears throat> we're in the backyard. There's no moon out. And then you hear these sounds. I'm like, bitch, that don't sound like no dog either. Let's get in the house real fast. So it was <laughs> fun. It was fun. The whole time my mother's in the house screaming out her bedroom window, like, you guys are making too much noise out there. You're making too <laughs> much noise out
2: there. No, it was really So it was fun. Listen it in the house. Mm-hmm. Girl, it's been um it's been weird. Y'all know me, I'll write through anything. You know. I'll be traumatized, I'll be writing. For some reason, the last since Wednesday, we literally we were here in the development room. Um, it's me, my this producer Garrett and Ariel, uh, my writer assistant there, Chris and I are using on this uh, the show we're doing. And you know, we're at our distance stuff, you know, we're we're practicing, you know whatever you call it, um, safe distances, whatever. And as we were talking, we were going through there for like three or four hours. I just started fading like as if, because you guys know I had testicular cancer. So I need to get a shot every week, right? right. So right. if I get to day 12 or 14 and I hadn't gotten my shot yet, I'm just like miserable. Well, I have right. gotten a shot the day before. So I'm usually pretty chipper. Mm. But for some reason, I went into, like, this cloud of, like, uh, almost, like, um, jet lag, like, in the middle of the room, mm. you know? Wow. What's that? I said, wow, that's crazy. Yeah, it's just really yeah. odd for me. So, I've been in it since Wednesday, mm. just from this, like, cloud. Of, you know, it reminds me of, Chris, you know how whenever we finish shooting, like, the next two days, we're just, you can't do shit. Oh, yeah.
0: yeah. That's yeah. how it felt,
2: like that. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, and but it's like four or five days of this thing has been really weird for me, you know? Right, right. Well, well maybe- I'm picking it you know, in last night, of course, you know, out by the park. What's that? Right.
0: No, I was going to say, I mean, look, I mean, I know how that is. I've been, you know, like, I've had all this back tension in my lower back since, like, last Saturday.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, so I can't even really sleep sweetly. I can't sit down, you know, for too long. Right. You know, like, all I'm doing is just is just lying down on the floor, stretching my back, because that's you, what
2: got a, t- you got a bad disc or something, or one of those? No, no, it's just the tension, the tension right. that
0: I'm holding right.
2: is, is showing up in my back, you know, so Yeah, mine is in my neck, my neck always hurts, like, I wake up every
3: morning, my neck hurts, you know Yeah, um, for, me it's, for me, it's a tightness in the stomach, like, uh like the anticipation of something, it's almost like my body is like girding its loins to like expect one more thing to come down. You know what I mean? Like waiting for the other shoe to drop every day, uh-huh. which is weird because this stuff is cyclical for black people mm-hmm. and, it happens, and it happens every few years. And it's like these microaggressive things build up and then something happens and then a, a fuse is lit. But you know, like we were saying on the last uh, podcast episode, like for me, this time feels a lot different because I feel like it's so much bigger mm-hmm. than normal. And I think because there's so much... I don't know. I mean, we've always had, like, 24-hour, like, reporting about it and people talking about it. But I don't see it letting down. Like, it's been over a week now. Well, and just, it, seems like, it seems like the protests are getting bigger. More people are coming out who had never said shit before or saying things. People are being dragged. People are losing jobs over stuff, you know, for just being... saying racist, inane things online. And I don't know, it's just, it's just, it's just different. Well, just,
0: well, there's two, there's a couple of things on this, right? I was telling a friend of mine, this white girl the other day, you know, she reached out to me to see what I was doing. I was like, well, you know what? It's a perfect storm right now. Right. Know, right. Just COVID has got everyone up in the house. And if you remember, motherfuckers were tripping about trying to get out the house. Like, open the economy, open the economy, open the economy. You know, and our freedoms, our freedoms, our freedoms, you, you know, this is mad as hell. And they opened it up on for, for Memorial Day weekend. Now, I don't know if you saw the photographs of the motherfuckers in like in the south just out kicking it and like, oh, yeah. pools and shit like that. Mm-hmm. Just watching two weeks what happens, you know, on, on, on a map with the damn covid. It's going to mm-hmm. be extra red there in those states. But there's that going on. There's the 30 million like the, the, 30, the, the 30 million jobs. Here's the thing, right? If people had jobs on that Monday, so, so the riding was last Saturday, right?
1: Uh-huh.
0: I'm to you right now. Okay. Every middle manager would have got an email from their CEO saying, "Reach out to your slaves and tell them
1: <laughs> tonight, uh-huh.
0: if you're not at your desk tomorrow morning at nine come clear it out. Right. And motherfuckers would've all gone and got a right. job because right. they, they ain't got no job
3: <laughs> out on the street. And secondly, there's nothing and there's not and there's nothing for them to do. So why yeah. not go out? Yeah, right. Yeah. So, 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 so secondly,
0: um I hate to say this, but it's like this like right now what's happening it it only matters and it means something because non black people are, are doing something. Exactly. You yeah, know? Sure. I'm, I mean, because black people up here march and scream with Ferguson and New York and Baltimore shit, and nothing happened. But the tipping point,
3: but- tip point has gotten real, and it's and it's spilling over in places that have never had it before, and yeah. people are freaking the fuck out because it's white people seeing themselves get beat up in the streets, like that old man that got yeah. knocked, knocked yeah. over. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, and, then, and then and then the 57 the <laughs> cops had the nerve to resign, and then did you see them yesterday? Yeah. The two guys that got, um, when the two cops who did that, when they had been charged, all those police officers, white sure. women too, and some black men too, showed up clapping to show their support for knocking over an old white man. I must emphasize, old white man.
2: <laughs> did, you see, <laughs> okay. did you see both of the angles? Because they show yes. you the, the angle from a distance. Across the street. Work.
1: Across the street, yeah. yes. Because you
2: see his head go,
1: bop, on Bam. That
2: Yeah, But the the, Uh the thing thing you gotta realize though is this
0: He's poor Or he ain't got no job Because The police are really only designed to protect And serve the money And Mm -hmm. the rich And therefore if you're white and you're old And you ain't got no money You're just as bad as a black person Because you got no value to them Right And
3: and they already told them a couple of weeks ago That old white people Along with other old people you need yeah. to sacrifice yourself for the economy. You to go. That's your duty. Yeah. That's your American duty.
0: You to die for us. <laughs> you to die for Why us. capitalism. <laughs> you to die for the economy. Get chewed up by the machine. You know, the so I was,
2: I was uh, telling you guys last week, last Saturday, you know, when the big riot started, um, or the looting, so I'm going to call it the looting started, forgive me. Um
3: it, <laughs> You mean the reclamation? No.
2: <laughs> I, I was coming home, yeah. I, I was coming home in my Torino in the middle of it all. There were fires everywhere and shit in the streets, and I'm driving through it. So I have a little bit of anxiety in my mind about right. what I saw because I wasn't sure what, right. what I was home to. My house was around the corner from the spaces, so I couldn't even go home. I had to sleep at my friend's house you know what I mean and um so so every day and i live right here in hollywood you know my office is right in west hollywood so right. every day they're marching right past the office a block or two away or down the street at the park you know picketing whatever right. so it's been this weird like thing that i've been dealing with like like every time i see them i get it i get like like butterflies right like in my right. stomach cuz because I feel this is just my opinion. nothing happened as far as I saw in the news to the group of drivers who were in front of me that I zoomed around, but there were literally 30 to 40 um, um, looters running across the street toward them when I was when, right as I zoomed around them. Right. so I, don't, I' never saw what happened to the you know the, the group. they very well met a ride ride past them, but I wasn't going to risk you know them damaging me or my car cuz even though I'm a black guy I still have it in my head of what happened to Rodney King you know what I mean when 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 they were out in Normandy and they were just pulling people out of the cars and you know what I mean so for me I didn't know what I was getting into you know right right so so I had some anxiety about it and um so needless needless to say, the whole week has been you know march after march, picket after picket, you know et cetera et cetera, all around my house or my office, <clears throat> and then they were back at the park again around the corner from my house yesterday. So I was tripping about that like in my head, and I was like, you know what? I'm hearing and I'm you can hear the festive party going on, you know the music, and I'm like, what the fuck am I tripping off of? So I literally got on my clothes and walked down there and stood down there with them. Mm-hmm. You know, and I actually took a photo of myself um, um, from across the street, um, a video of, you know, what was currently happening. I was like, here's the situation out here on the streets right now, right. you right. know, what I mean? right. and I was only out there maybe like 20, 30 minutes. It wasn't long. Right. You know, I was it was for me. Right. You right. know, to kind of get over my own little stupidism, if you will, you know, that I was ha- having. Um, so you know, I just thought I'd bring that up. It was just a weird thing, you know.
0: No, I mean, I mean, look, it's it's important to participate in what's happening right now because it's unprecedented.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Or, well, it's I mean, look, the last time there was any kind of fucking you know street protesting like this was um it you know, was what, it was fifty some years ago. You know? I mean, I you know, I was telling people yesterday, you know, um so I grew up, you know, in northeast Ohio and it Chris wasn't Derrick. Yeah, and yeah. It, it wasn't too the time the sort of times that like I was in school people were upset about Reagan. There wasn't really any people really getting in the streets and that skoky shit in Illinois because People would bring up the shooting at Kent State, mm-hmm. and the Kent State shooting, when those National Guards people shot those white students. That's like that's been a lot of protesting, you know, like like wound down,
1: because mm-hmm. they
0: were like, it's one thing to put dogs on blacks, yeah, sure, but to shoot these white college kids, that's some shit. And so, it, it, I mean, if you look at it, it's like there was a gap where people weren't really hitting the streets, and they should have been. Um, and I just, and it's just like now, it, it, it's like, look, you, uh, you know, there's all these, uh, uh, you know, these paintings of what's your boy's name? Um, is it Crispus Atticus, the, the black guy? Yeah, 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 Atticus, yeah, there's all that stuff about he was there at the tea party, you know, Boston Tea Party, the defining the of this country. You know, I tell people that, you know, in, in reality, the, the real birth of this nation was the was the reconstruction. You know, and it's like right now we're hitting that time where I, I mean, look, Trump has besmirched white people for all time. So,
3: <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I, I I Be I, I mean, because think about what he's done. <laughs> That's a Malcolm X word, and it? it's okay. like
3: bamboozle,
2: <laughs> <Man>, besmirched. <laughs> <laughs> no, just, just think what he's done right think
0: of he's done right he's up here making it so you have to almost prove yourself mm-hmm. that you're not a racist you, you have to actively be doing that because of him because people voted for him on, on such a on such a high percentage of the country I'm, i mean look even if the voter turnout to say 50 percent and you know and half and half voted for him so that's twenty five percent of the nation. There's still like seventy five million people who are supporting a straight up, you know, fucking grand wizard. That's a lot of people. <laughs> and and the thing is, is 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 that in our minds we think, oh, there's only a few of them. These these few bad apples. No, it's way higher than than anybody thought.
3: And, when, and now, every people, wait, when everybody says that whole you know bad apples, they always forget the the latter part. Of that little euphemism spoils the whole bunch, because right. everyone always says, you know, just a few bad apples. But yeah, it spoils the whole thing. Y'all, mm-hmm. y'all miss that part, and so they. I'm just really surprised that the people, especially when people have videotape of the behavior of peaceful Polchester's. Not, I'm not even talking about the people who just who rightfully have a right to go off how they want, but just regular people standing on a corner holding a sign, just you know, getting the shit beat out of them and them feeling emboldened to do it even when they see that they're being videotaped because they know the state is going to back them up. So I don't know, it's it's difficult and you know in terms of what we do which is writing and creating content, um, even with Hollywood uh, jumping out there like I saw uh, the other day and I posted where you know I'm I'm thinking about uh, uh, Michael B. Jordan. Mm-hmm. Where he's been marching to l a and ca- yeah, calling out you know Hollywood and him talking about and mentioning how when he did Fruitville Station, how much that affected him mm-hmm. and you know how much playing the role of Killmonger and all that black history and stuff carried in, and I'm wondering as a as a Hollywood person who's taking a public stance and getting out there, I mean, I see him walking around without even wearing a mask on his face, you mm-hmm. know. Well, that's not smart because, you know, because you got to wear a mask because of what's happening. But being out there and other, you know, Hollywood folks being out there, being vocal, who are making their presence known. um, Well, you know, a lot of people are being dragged for not saying things. And I almost have a feeling now my stance is because, you know, a lot of times we say that silence is being complicit. But I think for a lot of people, especially Hollywood people that deal with make-believe all the time and are worried about their brand, honestly, a lot of them, we have this thing that we think celebrities are like the smartest people on the planet, and they're just people. And for a lot of times... We think of them as the
2: characters they play, too. Right, right. right. And
3: then a lot of them don't really know how to to articulate how they're feeling, and I almost want them just not to say anything, and I'm not going to assume that they don't have any support or anything to say. I, I, it's almost that old, that old Lincoln saying, like, I'd rather you just be silent and not show your stupidity and let me just assume that you're okay, you know, that you're, you know, that assume that you're stupid as opposed to you proving it to the whole world. But I just, I don't know. I just feel like there's a lot of performative stuff going on, a lot of gimmicky things going on, where people in Hollywood are all of a sudden discovering, oh my God, we've been wronging Black people for so long. Let me, you know, do this, do this, that to try to make a quick Band-Aid fix on things. And but yeah, but, see, see but, but I'm hopeful that this is. I mean, people are being dragged. I mean, Leah Michelle got her name dragged through actors talking about her, how she treated them, the implicit racism and bias that goes on on set. Mm-hmm. You know, we have the one black actress that I never watched the show. I never watched Glee because I'm just not into musicals like that. But you know, the one actress who said she had to contemplate whether or not she wanted to be in Hollywood because of the behavior. Mm-hmm. You know, so I don't know. There's a lot of Hollywood folks who are just really getting. Getting that wake up call, I guess you could say. And then there's
2: yeah. there's a lot of well, let's say a lot there's a few people that are stepping out and really coming at least in my opinion, from the heart and, and speaking out. And for me it was John bodega, you know. With, with with what he did this week was the most powerful oh, yeah. thing I saw this week, and then he said, "You know, I might not even have a career after this, right you know putting myself out there, and you saw the tweets from all the people all the all the um directors and stuff going, Dude, we'll work with you, we'll hire you, don't worry about oh, it you know, man, I was great right.
0: well if here's the thing. I am always wondering if you know if there's something I say that is affecting me from getting work, you know um is you know like it, it? It doesn't matter what it is, you know. I mean, it's, it's like look, you know. It's like I have a I have an opinion, and and if you don't like it, you know. I mean, look, these people like I didn't know this thing about about Leah Michelle. I looked that up because that's crazy that she, you know. But what? But here's the thing, right? Like, I noticed that and and so so this is something that, that I did because I was like, oh spur the moment, I was upset. Is this like, you know, I saw that Marvel tweeted something about, hey, you know, they put out a little statement on whatever like Blackout Tuesday, like hey, you know, like we support black lives and, and black creators and shit like that. And I immediately hit back and said, Hey, you know, have some non you know, you should have some black writers and directors, you know. Handle some of your non-black characters. Mm. That to me is you showing uh, that you, you know, you know that that you value black voices. Right. If you just want me to come in and write Black Panther, or the, you know, or Luke Cage, because those are the only black characters that you know that you really have. Well, then guess what? Then then you're perpetuating the problem. You're putting me in a ghetto and saying you can't really handle uh writing, you, you know, Captain Marvel, you can't handle writing the Eternals because you being black don't have the thing that white guys are saying all the time now, with white women too, is the diversity of thought. Right, and it's isn't. like, motherfucker, you know, yes, we do. Because take someone like Jeff Thorne, right? Like Jeff Thorne and myself, no the Marvel canon and the DC canon as well as probably anybody right. who's, who's writing. And there's people who get those jobs who don't know...
2: Brandon Neeson, you know, yeah, all you got. Is, yeah.
0: People who don't know. It. I mean, look, there's so many directors who you fucking meet and hear about who get these jobs who don't even know about comic books.
3: You right.
0: know, it's not their thing, but they get like the opportunity and they want to find a way to get in and do it. I remember, like, Ang Lee... Has said he had never read a Hulk comic book when he got a chance to do that thing. Yeah. And I was kind of like that movie. That movie can't be. It, it, that, that movie is going to reach a certain level only because he yeah. doesn't understand what it is. And I just feel like you know Hollywood's problem that they won't even address, regardless of all this shit is. Black people are vilified because of Hollywood. Yeah, people people yeah. around the globe. They get and their only experience. America, right. You know, they see us from the way that Hollywood has portrayed us.
2: Exactly. And, 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 when, they, and when they see us living our lives beautifully, we're in a Marvel, in a Marvel movie. <laughs> you know what I mean? For the most part. We're right. Look, look.
0: I remember like when I was. Like it's I'm, not real. You know yeah, what I mean? Like, and, yeah, in, oh, oh, yeah. It's yeah. some fantasy type shit. Like, right. like I remember when I went to Europe. Like like when I was in high school, I was living in Germany. And I remember I was talking with some of these German kids and, and they were giving me so much depth because they were like, we understand how fucked up it is for y'all. And for you to be able to come over here means that you've somehow escaped the, you know, like the stranglehold that's going on in your country on black people. And 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 I feel like you know, because people in Europe are a lot more, uh, uh, they're a lot, from from my experience, they're more savvy in trying to decode the messages in the film and TV. Mm. And because 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 over here, people, I, I mean, look look the, the, the people who are dictating what gets made and t- saying, well, you know, some of the white saying it's not black enough and shit like that, like you know, the kind of shit, the kind of shit you hear from notes calls and. Like that, like that's the kind of thing that lets you know that like they are unaware of their. I mean, they. I think they pretend to be unaware of what is going on or what they're doing. Does that woman named Amy Cooper, when she got on the phone to call that to call the police on that black dude who was video videotaping her, you know, with the bird watching thing? Did she oh, really yeah. change up her voice like once the, oh, yeah. the, the operator came
2: on? All of a sudden, struck in, didn't it? All,
0: it's it. all yeah. panic-stricken. It's it's kind of yeah. like, you know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Don't lie to me and say that you didn't know or don't know or stuff like that. And the thing is, if you, if you actually are, are going to be so indifferent to somebody else, then you're a bad person to be in a position to make decisions. You shouldn't be an artist if you're that callous to, to people like, outside of your sphere. Because what you're saying... Is then really not universal? It's so specific to you know that you know then you got no right to 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 be doing this shit. I mean like there's, there's one friend of mine who was saying he's saying well, a guy who's I know who's half Korean half black I mean half white he was saying hey right now if you're black you should just sit around and, and just demand a whole bunch of shit and if someone says and I, I said what do you mean and he said just he said just play the white boy. Yeah,
3: somebody else else tweeted that on Twitter, too, and they said, just act like you're a 24-year-old white dude with Daddy Warbucks money and make the demands on salary and stuff the way they would, because right now is a good time to do it and just just be that bold, because it seems like people's like, oh, we got to do something. But I just feel like, the thing is, though, you see all these people who have goodwill and well-meaning stuff who want to, I don't know if it's because they just feel like there's guilt, white guilt, or... They feel like, oh, I just want to do this because I want to do something. There comes a time where there's a moment and then there's a movement. And for a lot of people, this is just a moment. Mm. And that when that moment passes, things will go back to normal. And I think for Black people, the movement has always been moving perpetually forever. And the thing I... I, I don't know. Maybe it's because I'm a little bit the older I am because I'm more jaded. I just feel like this is just another one of those this too shall pass. It'll get back to the old same old same old. Because until it always- t- until, the, until yeah. us, James Ballman says, until the fire next time, right. you know, it's the same old same old. So I don't, I don't know. But like I said, because there's so many I mean, people are using language they weren't using before at the last couple of riots. Like they're seriously talking about defunding police. And mm-hmm. for the first time, people are actually looking and posting up budgets, you know, I mean like 54% of LA's city budget goes towards the police. Right. And yet when you look at all the child programs and education and things to help young people and to help people do better in life, all those things are going towards militarizing the police to police people and to mm-hmm. keep them down because of the state. So. There's a lot of language and, and a lot of eye opening that's going on right now. And hey, I t- I just, I'm just trying to be hopeful that things are not going to go back to normal. And even not just in real life, but also in the creative life of, of the stories and the movies and TV and media that we're trying to create and put out there in the world. I was just thinking,
2: let me uh, just on the topic. So you were talking about um, Amy Cooper, right? Both of you. And just oh, shout, shout, out to, shout
3: out to Melody Cooper, one of my people oh, yeah, who's a screenwriter. Melody, who she was the one who, um, who tweeted at her brother's yeah. video that went viral. Um, she's hey, going to be on my panel. She's that I
2: was telling you about. Yes. The, uh,
3: hey, um, Melody. Anyway.
2: So, um, what was I saying? Oh, so speaking of Amy Cooper, she's one of those examples you were saying that you worry about it being like a phase, right? right. So, for example, you have, Mel, you have Amy, she years ago voted for Obama, right? So she was a liberal ally of ours. But time goes by, and, they, and whenever they're in a crunch, you always retort back to that thing, right? So she resorted back to her real, to that safety of her whiteness, you know what I mean, in uh-huh. a sense. And so even the people who vote for us still
3: know what to do when they when they need to be okay about something? Oh, they, when, they need to, when they when they call need to call the manager. They're going to call the manager real quick for exactly. the swiftness. And it, and that's what and it, I think that's showing publicly and kind of lifting the veil off of the idea that liberal white people are the good guys. When you could be <clears throat> from any denomination conservative, progressive, liberal, what have you. But the fundamental problem is white supremacy. The fundamental problem is capitalism run amok. And the fundamental problem is the idea that people are taught these biases from day one. So even if you voted for Obama, even if you went out there and had your little protest moment and supported him and did all that fantastic stuff, you still went back to the old go-to when you felt like a black person was taking up space or a black person was trying to tell you what to do, <laughs> right. right. so oh yeah, you know, because
1: it's, that's that's, it's, that's the thing. It's about ridiculous.
3: Super.
0: She got chin checked by a black dude, and she was like, "Oh no, 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 no. that's not
3: yeah.
0: how the, the 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 dynamic is,
3: right? You know, I mean, I mean, I call, I call, I tell you what to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
0: I'm, I'm, I mean, like the thing is, is that like I, I think it. The, so. The thing that, that no one's saying is this. No one is really oh, this is the reason why that they need to go back on the impeachment uh, thing, like immediately and get Trump on the just just impeach him again for his abuse of power and stuff like that. Because the whole for those two and a half months that the Senate was dealing with all that kind of shit, Mitch McConnell did not get to uh, he did not get to do any um judge appointments. Now, they said, now the thing that no one is saying is Mitch McConnell, like, like under Trump, he's put in uh one fifth of the judges that are now on the federal judges are been have been selected by Trump and approved by McConnell, and therefore. To make things happen, change, you know, like this, they, you know, they, they, they got to change the law in Minnesota so that the, the police, the mayor and stuff like that, you know, can, can fire cops and stuff like that. That's that law is going to get challenged. That law is going go to go, you know, like to the um, Federal Court of Appeals. And what happens when Mitch McConnell's people say, nah, that law is unconstitutional? Right. And it goes to the Supreme Court and you got, you got Gorsuch and Kavanaugh, <laughs> yeah, that law is unconstitutional. So there's going to be a long, long fight to get the laws changed for this stuff with the police. Because the minority, which, which is going to be the GOP, in terms of the voters and stuff like that, so they'll challenge that shit, but they own the courts. And they're going to own the courts for like 40 years. And that's you know like well I think that what's gonna happen, it's, it's gonna be hard to, it's gonna be hard to see what the change is gonna be it's gonna be really hard to see what, what what actually can get changed you know and honestly I was joking the other day the reason why Trump was hiding out in that bunker is he wants to see what it's like when he doesn't want to leave yeah. in, in November. And he's got a place to hang out, you know, and, and let the military go crazy. You just check it out for that. because He's not going to leave. He, he's going to claim it's a damn it's a rigged election. And we're seeing right now is really just dress rehearsal for the real shit that's going to go down in November. That's, you know. Now that, again, like I was, remember I was saying before in the, in the movies? Look, look, Mickey Rourke doesn't have a big job anymore right now. But every president going forward in the movies, it should be Mickey Rourke, just because he's he this spitting image for Trump's uh, like, kind of lame ass behavior, and and, and he can fu- fucking like, crystallize that like really good on screen. Because it's like I don't, I'm I'm like I have no idea what's gonna happen, but it's not gonna be pretty. It's not gonna be pretty.
3: And it's, kinda, it's gonna be like The Purge. Like literally last night, I was on a comfort media binge. So, I've been watching, you know, Oh Godzilla movies. I've been revisiting Shin Godzilla. Like, I hated that movie the first time it came out when I saw it, but I have learned to love it. And I was, and so I've been watching a couple of, like, these, there's a couple of guys on YouTube who do these videos, which give you, like, within 10 to 15 minutes, they explain an entire movie for you. And, like, there's a ton of horror movies that Mm -hmm. I have not seen, but I just don't have the energy to watch them. So, what I do is I watch these videos where they just tell me what was the plot. <laughs> mm-hmm. What the what the hell happened? So I was well, revisiting uh, I was uh, I was re- I was visiting one that was talking about, and I've seen Battle Royale. Like I've been a Battle Royale mm-hmm. champion since the manga days, since uh, before uh, it became a movie. I mean, I was one of those first people in the early two thousands that was telling people, "Bitch, stop what you're doing, we'll watch Battle Royale because that's the precursor to the Hunter Games and everybody else who copied them and made a bunch of money off of that, this Japanese that, that, film." Uh, Right. So, I started going through like these, like The Purge. Like I said, just looking at films that deal with dystopian topics, especially Mm. The Purge, because right now a lot of the stuff, especially when you get a lot of the the racist folks that are coming out, and when I say racist folks, I'm not just saying white people. Like in Texas, there was this Mexican dude that came out with a chainsaw and was uh, chasing protesters on the streets, you know, uh, they caught his butt, because I remember I called the company, because he, he had the nerve to take his chainsaw out the truck that had the name of the company he works for. Uh, so I, I went on Facebook and sent the company a message saying, uh, your dude Daniel Pena is out here with a chainsaw chasing mm-hmm. folks and calling black people the n-word in public. Uh, you might want to check that out. <laughs> so there's all these people that are coming out and they're just being abusive and being, they're being like the people in the purge. I feel like we are living the purge right now Mm -hmm. in the sense of instead of a 12 hour, do what you want. They're just coming out of the woodwork with baseball bats. Just like it's craziness that's going on right now. And, uh, and and, and, And looking at these movies, I'm like, As much as we said that they were hyperbolic and like, yeah, that would probably never really happen in real. Yeah, it's kind of happening right now. (laughs) (laughs) We're living it. We're living it. But but
0: the thing is, the thing is, is that like the thing that I've been saying for a long time is white people. This again goes back to my thing about the seventy-five million white people who voted for Trump. They really want to be able to like express their hatred toward non-whites and they can't and, wouldn't now do that part-
3: and now they can do it openly
0: and now they can do it openly that's that's the unmasking of america that trump gave them because yeah. I, I mean it, you know it, it's already been 50 years that they've been wanting to do this you know and it's just you know and and, and, and look every person who was a tea party person you know they wanna call fucking Obama the n-word just just like up and down. That one guy yeah. named Joe Wilson, you know, I like, remember the guy who, who, who screamed out you maybe he screamed out like during the State of the Union, you know, he right. said um um you lie. Right. You remember right. That? right. that was the look, start. Yeah, look, that that you know why? Because because he didn't properly get chastised. Obama right. didn't have him, you know, and the Democrats didn't put him didn't sanction him. At that time, the Democrats, like controlled Congress, like, dude, you know
3: what? You're gone. They didn't do and, that. And that's what I knew at that moment, you know, the irony of it. That's when I realized, yeah, see, this is why. See, Obama wasn't raised by black folks because if somebody <laughs> had yelled that. Yeah. Like, and when I say black folks, I mean a black American yeah. person because that would have been, the, the whole speech would have stopped. That person would have been removed and sanctioned. It would have been handled. Mm-hmm. But because that slid, oh, Obama that, them that. Back. that, that <laughs> empowered and emboldened people like that. To me, that was like the downward spiral that just started. I mean, it was already happening before Obama when he was campaigning. But to publicly do that as a as a as a lawmaker, as someone who was voting in the public office to make laws and to help govern the country. To me, that was like that another tipping point where it's like all right this is how it's going to be because the moment Obama was out of office and they got the clownery in like these people have been emboldened like I said it's not just white people and I, I don't know I, I I think that's why doubling back back onto the purge I think that's why I was rewatching it again and thinking about the white people that are in the purge because the purge deals with this family if you saw the original the first one with um Oh, God, what's his name? Ethan Hawke. Ethan Hawke. You know, they weren't just... You know, those of you who haven't seen The Purge, uh, just a quick recap. Basically, we've reached a society in the near future where once a year for 12 hours, people can go out, kill, maim, rob, steal, whatever they want to do, to get out their urges, their natural... I don't know, human instinct to destroy urges. So in this particular movie... Ethan Hawke represents uh, a rich white person, but a new rich white person because he came from a working class background who got a lot of money quickly because once the purge started happening, his company that dealt with securities, that kind of stuff, he made a grip of money. And so his family was able to elevate their status and to become the nouveau riche. But in in the movie, they're going through their purge night. And a particular character that happens to be black is chased by a bunch of rich white people and ends up coming to his yard and unbeknownst to Ethan Hawk, one of his children, allows this black person who's running away from these white people who are trying to kill him, allows this person to the house. And so for the first time, Ethan Hawke's family has to deal with their lifestyle and how they affect what is happening outside. And in the course of the movie, spoiler alert, because if you haven't seen it, too bad, too late. <laughs> uh, at the end, towards the end of the movie, the neighbors who Ethan Hawke has thought, you know, have accepted him, which are predominantly white folks, comes to find out that his white ass is not wanted there either, because he did not come from a respectable white background. Right. He's one of those nouveau working class people, and those white people who come in who he thinks are helping him to kill these other bad people are really there to kill him and his family, and they've been waiting to do this. So we, we really are living the purge right now. And when I say that, what I mean is white people who have been comfortable, whether you've been working or middle class, are getting those wake-up calls. Like I said, we're seeing them getting beat in the street. We're seeing cops coming up on them for videotaping incidents and coming up to their house and arresting them. So this whole experience, the game-changing that's happening right now, a lot of these films and projects that we've been writing, we've kind of been foretelling what is happening right now. Like we already know what's going to happen. We write about it. We call it dystopia, but really, what it is is just a couple of years from now. <laughs> really, yeah. Well, 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 well yeah, it's, it's not. It's not. Aka, really this, AKA it's like, next week. Yeah, it's,
0: it's not really dystopian, you know, b- because the black people. To black people. Well, 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 you know, because it's funny. It's funny that that term is used. For when it's like something crazy is going on, but society is still pretty much intact. Right. You know, like to me, the dystopian future is like Omega Man or, uh, you know, or Logan's Run or, you know, or THX 1138 when it's right. like society that we, the society as we know it has been totally transformed. These things that are like just like hey this hey this is the extension of capitalism a lot of muck, you know and the haves and the have-nots and shit like that you know is not is not dystopian to me that's just I mean it's I like that movie Children of Men I love right. it it's not dystopian because it's like right. oh, yeah
3: I mean yeah, yeah. I mean look I live that right now like uh, yeah yeah <laughs> put, put, putting put, putting people in cages at the border right uh,
0: that's
1: today yeah you know?
0: I mean yeah. and that that shit was going on like even then so it's interesting to see how people are are categorizing it because they actually don't want to look at i mean because it probably gives them solace to call that shit dystopian
3: yeah because what it says to them it's kind of like relieving the guilt from them because we've been living it for so long since 1619 the fact that it's caught up to them like they can actually see it, it's kind of like the john carpenter movie they live like they finally get the sunglasses to see what the fuck's been going on that we've been seeing. Mm-hmm. And they're just so indignant, like, oh my God, I didn't believe this was happening. And it's like, yeah, it it's, it's mm-hmm. like when Jeff, like Jeff Thorne, our big brother, who tweeted the, I think it was, was it today or yesterday? He had said that when people were like, white people were literally coming up to, up to him on the street, white people saying things like, oh my God, this is so terrible, this is gonna to you. And Jeff is like, this is normal for my life and my people so don't worry about me i i can deal with this it's you have to make those fundamental changes in your life since this is your awakening this you don't have to come to me and ask for me to like ask how i'm doing i've been dealing you have to look at center yourself and figure out how you're going to act now that the sunglasses have been put on you and you can see the skeletor faces for the first time you know Here's an interesting
2: thing that's happened between myself and my husband since this always went down. Those of you know, my husband's a white man um, and he'll be 60 in like two months. Anyway, so and he's a very privileged white guy. I'm going to keep it real with you. Right. But he's also been with a guy like me who lives in the white world and in the black world. Right. What I mean is, you know, my whole life is surrounded by different types of people. So, for example, I'm going to give you one example I'm going give you another example. As you guys, you guys have heard the story I've said before, when we first met, Friends was his favorite show. Two years later, he hated Friends, right, because he started to see the things that I saw. Because I would always say, what do you see? You know, whenever we're watching something, oh, there's no black people, oh, there's no Asian people, whatever the thing is. And now he's very sensitive to it, you know, because he's around me so if there's something he, he immediately clicks into it all right so then let's fast forward to now so he follows michelle amore who's my co-chair on the black committee she's like you um lisa very out there you know she's always talking about white people you know etc just really a go-getter about everything everything black and um he follows her and is always like man she just said this thing it's like and he came in the room the other day. He's like, I felt like I wanted to respond to it. And I said, and I looked at him and I started laughing. And he said, what's funny? And I said, that right there is exactly the privilege we're talking about. And he's like, what? I just wanted to do whatever. I said, the need to have to say something right, is a right. you guys have. Right. And I, right. Said, I said, the difference between you and I is instead of me feeling the need to say something, I will go, well, if I say something, I have to be ready for what's about to happen here, right? You as a white, white man about to be 60 years old who lived a privileged life rebuttaling something from a strong black woman today, think about that. And he was like, I mean, like, he got cold sweats, <laughs> you know what I mean? And I, said, I said, that is the difference between you and I. And so here's the last part of it. So, he knows I, I absolutely hate to drive in the, in, the, in the car, in the truck with him. He drives super fast. He's one of those guys who's going 80 miles an hour, zooming in and out of traffic, zooming around people, honking at them all day, all the way to Phoenix, all the way to San Francisco. He don't give a fuck, right? And I'm always yelling at him, babe, stop. Slow down. Why are we in a rush? Whatever. I'm driving. Blah blah blah. Like, he, he just doesn't care. And so... I keep, keep telling him I get anxiety when I ride with you, you know, and he, he never believes me. Oh, you just, you just trying to control me and yada, yada, yada. And finally this incident, I, you know, he saw what went down and he sat there and he came in and he was crying. He was like, yeah, you were right. You yeah. know, it was me, me you know, I, I didn't want to, I, I said, I said it, it has to do with the fact that when you get in a car, the only worry you have is a ticket. You know, I worry about, I'm sitting in the passenger seat and they're telling me to get out. Right. You don't think that. Right. You think, well, you're in the car with me. What are they going
3: to do? Bitch, tell me to get out. That's what they're going to do. Right. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's it's, it's hard sometimes for people to sit with things. I mean, over the years, I've had to learn to do that too, because Mm -hmm. even though I'm a black woman, I do have certain privileges. Number one, college educated. Number two. Being raised in Southern California and having a certain type of lifestyle that's different from different Black people who may come from the South, who are looked down upon for being from the South, where I might be looked at as, oh, cool, hippie, Southern California, beach, you know, beach surfer girl, um, being cisgendered, uh, being viewed as heterosexual, being viewed, uh, you know, any multiple ways within just within the Black community where there's been times where I've seen things where I felt like, oh, I need to say something, but I would rather let other people speak Mm -hmm. and have their moment. It's kind of like in certain situations where coming from an indigenous background too, where I need to jump and a lot of times I need to just sit back, I do. I just train myself to sit back and let those people from whatever um, nations within Indian country, let them speak for themselves. Mm -hmm. Let them say what they have to say. I am, you know, I am from those roots, but I'm not not necessarily from those particular tribes or from that particular thing. I'm just someone who has bloodlines that run through that, but it's not my place to speak over other people who are living that particular thing. Even though I might be chomping at the bit and wanting to say something, or if they say something I disagree with, a lot of times I have to like teach myself to just sit with it (laughs) and think first, and then if I feel like I'm compelled to have to say something, at least, at least I try to wait a couple of days because whatever it was I thought I needed to say, probably somebody else said it better for me anyway out there in the world. But I do understand his need, though, too, because it, it, it happens with black folks, too, where it's like, oh, you don't, I need to say something. And it's like, do I? <laughs> you know, are my. Am I using my certain type of privileges to speak over somebody else who would be better suited to go ahead and take up the space? Um, well, and, and, it, and that's something to learn. And that was my whole point,
2: Lisa. You hit it on the nail. The fact that you had to come in and even bring it up to me tells me you had a bump about something. Right. Right. That you were right. like hesitant, should I? Right. I said, ever that you should. You probably shouldn't.
3: And sometimes it really does come down to hit dogs holler. Like, if something really affected you, sometimes you need to stop and say, is it because I'm feeling guilty or if I, is it because I've done some shit and people can change and want to give people grace? And it's sometimes just the best to be on the humble and just just shush. <laughs> and it's hard. Trust me. Different times I say stuff want to vent it's like, uh, I know better. Lisa, you no, know I mean, better. I mean, look, I know that feeling all the time.
0: It, like, I don't know how many times I'm writing a tweet or writing a response on somewhere that I'm like, and then right when i hit period, I'm like, I don't need to say this. Exactly. I'm not the one who needs to say this. <laughs> I
1: want to say it.
0: I want to open my mouth, but it's like, is there a reason for, is there, right. I mean, because 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 you know when you say something, someone's gonna respond right you know and, it, and and then if you don't respond to them responding you know then what happens you know so you, you, you're opening yourself up to a lot of stuff that, that maybe you don't necessarily need to do because you're responding and because and if you just want to say one thing you actually can't just you know say something and drop the mic and right. in some heated conversation because you you're, you're inviting debate
3: you so, know, well, I, I was thinking about something real quick Before we wrap up um, I just wanted to say I know that we were talking about a couple of weeks ago About how do we as creatives Write in such troubling times And I mentioned a couple weeks ago That I have been watching a lot of comfort media But I will have to say That I have been writing some things this week And I have been writing things That have brought me Joy in the past So I've been thinking about writing a lot of um, Non-fiction pieces Like, uh, a couple weeks ago, I had mentioned about writing about, and I did, I'm almost done with it, writing about my relationship to rice. I know it sounds so random, but my relationship to growing up and eating different types of rice globally because of where I grew up in San Diego. And where I grew up, I grew up during the time of the last great black migration. Um... If you've ever read the book, uh, The Warmth of Other Suns, which talks about the migration of black people from the South to other places in the United States um, during the 20th century. Um, Where I lived, we had a lot of black people that came from Louisiana, Atlanta, I mean, Georgia, you know, just states and things like Mississippi. So I grew up, I was blessed to grow up in a place where I was able to, even though my other relatives on the East Coast, because where my grandparents left and a lot of our family left Mississippi, Um, they went to Pittsburgh, Chicago, or Texas or parts of New Orleans and the last great migration, you know, was to California because the aerospace engineering, tuna fisheries in California, especially Southern California, we had a really big tuna industry in San Diego. So I was able to grow up with kind of a very black diaspora, southern roots. So a lot of my growing up, a lot of the way I speak, a lot of the language I use, a lot of the stories I grew up with, I was blessed to be able to get like a whole plethora of blackness. Just imagine if every black person that lived in every regional place that had an impact on white American or just American culture in general, I was lucky enough to have those people living around me. So because of that, um, you know, I started getting introduced to foods from all over. And one of the staples, of course, in most black people's homes that people don't talk about, we always talk about soul food, collard greens, cornbread, that kind of stuff, chitlins. But one of the staples that doesn't get written about is our relationship to rice. And not only was I eating rice from different parts of the world, like red rice, not only was I getting like sticky rice from all the Koreans and Filipinos and all the different Asian people who were mixed with black people that I grew up with, but I was getting rice from different parts of the world And how that kind of opened my eyes better than most people in terms of embracing the world and being open to people of different cultures. But Mm -hmm. I've also been writing stuff about my relationship to Godzilla. Mm -hmm. Um, An article I've been dying to write. Like, I've written half of it a couple years ago. And I've talked about it before, But the relationship of of Black people and Black women in particular and our love for Bruce Lee. And I know ESPN just did that 30 for 30 30, document on... Yeah. On on Bruce Lee and a lot of times people well, talk, about, you know, yeah, yeah, talk, so talk about, you know They talk about ESPN, they talk about hip hop and how it's always the viewpoint of black men. But people don't talk about black girls like me and the black girls in my neighborhood who were also watching those old Kung Fu and karate movies mm-hmm. and running around in the backyard. Going, hi, yeah, and do, just doing wild stuff and just doing stuff. So, I've been writing a lot of nonfiction stuff about being black and growing up with a lot of pop culture stuff. Mm-hmm. So, I have been getting some writing done. And I think for a lot of people who are experiencing writer's block or who, those of you who are writing new pilots, who are trying to keep up with pilot season when it does open up, those of us who are writing screenplays, who are trying to get content up. You know, it's okay to stop and maybe try to do some nonfiction things um, outside of what you normally write to keep those those writing juices flowing. Because I see a lot of people on my timeline on Twitter talking about the difficulty of of trying to process what's going on right now and trying to write some things down. So I think you know, besides journaling and doing things like that, I've encouraged people to write about childhood things or things that they love in nonfiction sense.
2: I think that, you know, I, I, I know myself very well, and I usually can, like, I'm the type of person when I eat something, I can tell if it makes me feel bloated right. or not, you know, for example. And it's the same thing with my writing. When I'm writing something, I can tell if it's really affecting my life. Like, right now, I'm in the midst of, you know, this Emmett Teal project and the Bass Reeves project. So I'm this, it's, it's fucking with my head a little bit, you know, I'm, as I look at images of that time, whatever it is. And it's like, I mean, I've been in this time before with other projects, but sometimes because of the course of what's going on in your life too, it's like all, all bringing it all together. So it's really messing with my focus right now, you right. know, and I'm at the end of both of them, you know, and I, I should be done. You know, I would have been done last week with both of them, and literally, I barely got anything done, which is really rare for me. But I know it's because of this headspace that I'm in. You know, like I said, we were sitting there in the the development room the other day, and literally, I just, I just found myself like shrinking in the room, going, "I can't, I can't with this right now," (laughs) which is rare for me.
0: No, I mean, look, I mean, it's it's a difficult time to be creative. You know, I was, I was telling someone the other day. I, I was like, I was like, here's the thing. It doesn't matter if you're writing nonfiction or fiction, whatever you're doing. You're channeling. If it's going to be any good, it's because you're channeling your emotions and putting right. it on the page. Right. And if your and, and if your emotions are in turmoil because of what's happening, then it's going to be hard. You know. But I mean, I was talking to my one friend the other night. um and, and and he was like, "Look, I got like one piece of uh, uh of um Tony Robbins advice to give you." Oh God! And, I was, <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and you know, you know,
3: there's some was, good it was, things out there. It was,
0: yeah. it was, it was, it was. It's not something that he quotes all the time. I was like, I was like, "What if we do talking about, Tony Robbins?" And he's like, "Just listen." And, and and he said, "Look," he said, "He said, give yourself five minutes every day." to to feel the craziness, but at five minutes and one seconds, you gotta like you know uh, get yourself back and doing what you're gonna do because you'll spend a lot of time, you know, uh, looking at what's the past and you won't be in the moment Mm -hmm. and you won't be and worry about what's going on now that you're trying to do. And I mean, look, you know, like I have got these two screenplays that I wanted to have finished that I was saying, oh, in March. I was like, oh, I got time to get these done by the end of March. That'd be great. Here it is in early June, and they're not done yet. Uh, It's just because, you know, shit going on in my head, you know. But I did turn around and finish writing this essay that I wanted to write about, you know, my experience with the police, Um, you know, and, uh, uh, you know, like, throughout my life, you know, like, I kind of wrote down, like, every interaction that I had with them, you know, and, like, how that, has scarred me. You know, I'm not someone who's been, like, physically brutalized by the police. But I don't think you have to be... They can they verbally
2: talk to you. You know,
0: that's the thing. You know, I like, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm work on the cur- letters to send out to people today. And I was like, look, you know, uh, f- modern policing is a fucking reign of terror. And I don't think that white people really know that. It, it's it, Like, what you think is crazy... Is these headline things of the stuff on the videotape, but that's just the tip of the iceberg. The rest of it is what really fucks with black people, and that's not something that their laws are gonna change. You know, like this, this accountability shit and everything like that, and you know the chokeholds and blah blah blah. Take all that shit out. Yeah, you can do that out. That's not gonna change their behavior, and their behavior that is non-physical is what they, you know, is that like
2: like like that's what they fucked on us the most, and Um, that's what I wanted to write about. Yeah, and we've we've seen. Sorry to interrupt you. Creep your thought. We've seen, you know, since this has come out, other videos in the last few months of other police officers, you know, putting their knees on people and people dying. Yes. <laughs> and this right. isn't the first time this has happened. No, you know, no. this is one that went viral. No, well, right.
0: well, 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 yeah, because you know, because I, I remember, like, I started writing this essay about a year ago. And I just was kind of like dabbling with it off and on because I didn't, I just something, because something happened to me and it bothered me and I just was kind of like kind of doing it as a journal. But I remember in like November of 2018, there was a New York Times story. Uh, and this is what kind of kicked it off for me to think about this more is that New York Times did this, they ran a story where they had discovered that the first, that the, in the Obama, the Obama Justice Department prior to the midterms had, had compiled, I mean, the, not the Department, Department of Homeland Security, Department of Homeland Security had compiled a report that they had been chronicling since 9 11 about the rise of white nationalism and white supremacist violence. Mm-hmm. And they basically were saying that the Justice Department knew. And had, had all this, they're trying to figure out what's going on with all these, like, the, you know, like, like these white supremacists, these Klansmen were basically all joining the police department. All, like, just, just all across the nation, like, Klansmen were going, hey, you know, what we got to do, let's join the, you know, since we can't walk around in our white sheets and lynch these niggas, let's join the police department because that means open season. Right. But what happened is that when the Tea Party got in, you know, uh, you know, because like that's when that report was coming out, they had that buried, you know. And so it, and, and it took and it took another eight years before it came out for, for us to read. But I, I was like, that's another. So, so we got 18 years of this of this activity where the so police. had proc-
2: too. Yeah.
0: Yeah. The uh, police have been infiltrated by the Klan. They don't need to wear the white sheets anymore they just need to have the badge and mm-hmm. the blues and that's what our real clan is today because if because if, because they're killing us right now with the kind of in, with the kind of like you know with the impunity they had in J- jim crow with the clan mm-hmm.
3: hey, well but- i mean i mean the creation of police force was creation of just the task force of overseers. so if you know the history of where policing comes from basically it, during the end of slavery they used it to create the new slave catchers, right. and basically put right. it and put us into the idea of what do they call it? What's the, the term for it? Where if you weren't working or had a job, they can put you in a jail and put you on the chain gang. I forgot the, the 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 term for it. It'll it'll come to me later. Oh, um, and the, I'll oh
2: yeah, I've, re- I've come across that in my in my research. There was
3: a legal law, the loitering law, that says that you couldn't loiter if you didn't have a job. They can put you in jail, right, and, but, right. but anyway, if you know the history of police in this country, it was created to keep black people from day one down. That was the whole point of having them, the idea of the overseer becoming the officers. But to, to get it back to, to writing, it's okay. Also, people, if you can't write, it's okay not to be able to write right now. For sure, it's
2: okay. <laughs> for sure, for sure. So I know, a lot of people, are, and are okay. people, and it's okay. Right it's okay because there's other things to do that you could still be doing that that make, yes you, you can listen you can read right. you can watch right and, and,
3: so, yeah, right we've to... talked and we've talked about that before in terms of research right. and writing writing is not just the physical act of writing words a lot of it could be like you said reading um, checking out documentaries mm-hmm. um, filling yourself up with a lot of good content that helps take your mind off things because your subconscious is going to work through that stuff anyway and it's going to pop up you know when you when you really need it But I don't know, it just feels like the next couple of weeks are going to be very interesting. Um, I'm seeing a lot of people who have never said anything in their life about anything are popping up uh, and saying things. I don't know if it's a good thing in terms of getting it back to writing, screenwriting, Hollywood, that kind of stuff. Um, I don't know, these are interesting times that we're in, and we've reached the halfway point of of 2020, and also today is Prince's birthday, so shout out to Prince yeah. Rogers Nelson. I think he would have been, what, 62 today, but oh, I don't God, know, it's just, yeah, he's a vampire. I don't know, these are interesting times, and you know, we always joke about this and people say it all the time, but man, what a time to be alive, touring, so many things happening at one time, you know? Mm-hmm. For sure
0: for sure I mean it's 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 uh, yeah I mean you know I mean but to a certain degree i I, I asked a couple people, people that I said you know there's something positive you're taking out of you you have to say what's the positive I'm taking out of the, 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 the COVID lockdown what's the positive that that we're taking out of this the this this resurgence of the black black lives matter what's the positive that can come out of these riots and stuff like that I mean, to me, you have to look at things on, on that. That's not being optimistic. It's just saying, okay, there's you know something good comes out of this. There ha- you have to look at it that way. I mean, you know, maybe may, may some degree is just say, hey, like it's just like you were saying earlier, Lisa, but hey, you, this 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 is a good thing that's that's coming out of this riot right now.
3: Well, I agree because here's the thing: this, the pandemic, the riot, it's taken. Like, literally, it it has stopped the whole entire globe. And it's really made me people take a look at systems that are man-made and created and have not always been here to show people that you can make change and that things aren't always how they've always been. Because I remember there's been some people talk online about, there's somebody who made a tweet that went viral and people were upset. And I can't remember who it was, but forgive me, you'll see on the timeline, where somebody asked, why is it that I have learned about Mesopotamian history? but I haven't been taught about black history yeah. and people were like going in, but the idea is this, systems have been created throughout history and systems changed. We don't talk about the fall of Rome and call it the fall of Rome because that's just some cutesy way of saying things, no, shit fell apart, <laughs> you know, we don't, we don't look back at World War I and World War II and look at these things because a lot of shit fell apart, <laughs> you know, And so I think for the first time, we have an opportunity for people, especially those who've been in privileged positions who have never, ever, ever had to think about anything are now starting to wake up and realize that, wow, we have an opportunity right now to change things for eternity if we choose to do it. The pessimist in me thinks that we're just gonna go back to the same old, same old, but the optimist in me is always hopeful that, burn all this shit down, let's create something new. But I think this is a great thing that's happening, even all the terrible things that are happening. This is one of those pivotal moments that happens every few hundred years, where we have an opportunity to really, we talk about change, but this is an opportunity to really change. Whether it's laws, whether it's your way of thinking, whether it's your way of creating, there's just so much potential right now. Well, and I'm just I'm just one of those people. So, I'm just one so, of those people that's like mm-hmm. I'm kind of glad it happened, to be honest. Well, well, yeah. I mean, so am I. I mean, I I I
0: just have a I I I have a question to quibble. Are people saying that, Mesopot- that are people equating Mesopotamian history as as if as as if that's white history?
3: No, yeah. no. What they're saying is that they spent a lot of time being taught about Mesopotamia and other stuff outside, but. People in our own country are not even told about basic Black history, and so uh, people, okay. have been, uh, uh, people have been and people have been explaining that. Oh yeah, like one one. Um, there's a white person online who had said that basically their child was only taught like they weren't taught about the civil rights movement. They weren't taught about anything with Rosa Parks. They were only briefly taught about. weren't even taught about slavery. They were taught about Rosa Parks, but only for a sliver of amount of time. And then asked, why don't we get the rest of it? They said they don't have time to cover all of it. When the reality is, every, any and everything that has been a systematic change in America has come from black people.
2: Yeah. And that's why, you know, I always make the joke about hey. being glad that I'm the age that I am and that I grew up where I grew up, you know, um, in the Bay, you yes. know, outside, outside of Oakland, you know, that's my, where I should have been. My, some of my best friends' fathers were Panthers and shit. You know what I mean? So I'm just very much aware of what thing I had the Panthers on my wall throughout my entire, you know, growing up as a kid into high school.
3: I you had know? Panthers. I had Panthers as my neighbors. <laughs> that exactly. going to that you know were I mean? going to Panther chapters across the street from my stepdad's garage that he ran a mechanic. He had his own business. Right. Where literally I would go outside to the right. corner store. See the black motorcycle gang. See the Panthers show up, roll uh-huh. in, have their weekly meetings, and for I was sure. buying. I was buying Doritos and later's when later's were five <laughs> cents and, and a bag of Doritos, right. which was the old school brown and orange and yellow color because right. Doritos were a different color <laughs> for fifteen cents.
2: Only you will remember. <laughs>
3: Where a the trip. Christian Bloods were walking by And I'm just like, hey, that's just everyday life of black people
2: life. And everybody, was fly- everybody was flying Their colors back then too Listen. Anyway um, yes. <laughs> yeah. Those were the good old days When they lived But <laughs> <laughs> trip But trip. Um, trip So here's, here's The only, somebody asked me the other day Is there anything good that's come out of this And I'm like, I wouldn't use the word good it's just a negative way to say it. But if there's, a, if there's a thing that we could think about in any type of positive way, here's what I've taken out of it, is this incident happened in the timing of the Rona, right? When everybody was at home, right? When, when people got out to protest, and now mind you, the first protests were not full of white people. Eventually, it, it, like the next day or two, it started because we started going, where are you? Right. right. And we started going, if you wanna help, here's what you could do. That's when they came out in the masses and we appreciate that by the way. Oh, yeah, Ho- uh, let be people accountable. So right. So so but what I keep thinking about is if we were still all at work and doing our regular business, would that many people have been coming out? Now I would no. say nope. Nope.
3: No, nope. it wouldn't have been. Nope. Because they could easily ignore it because they would be caught up in their day to day routine. Right they can tune out stuff but because they have nothing else to do because they're being told that you need to stay in like i said it's that perfect storm of the world stopped and mm-hmm. you had no choice but to listen and see what was going on well,
0: well, 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 well yeah it's, it's like i was saying like earlier in the show the, the the these people could have been threatened with their these people could have been threatened with being fired yep you know, and they're okay. sort of like, you know what? And and most people were like, I guarantee you, most people are like, well, my job's more important than that because most people right. are selfish. But the right. fact that no one has jobs right now, you know, whatever, this 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 sixty million to thirty million people unemployed, those people are protesting because and I think that I think the people aren't talking about now also is is that I feel that it is high time in this country that the classism gets addressed right and the and the wealth disparity gets addressed exactly and, and that's being kind of co-mingled into this right. that's fine to a degree but 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 it's kind of like that's what needs to be addressed because that's part of what keeps black people down you know
2: for sure well <clears throat> i mean it's crazy you know that here we are in the situation you know um this episode is probably going to be, you know, uh, I, I don't know what the title is yet, but it's probably going to be something about, you know, two weeks of protest, something. Um, <laughs> Cause this, it's, it, this has been going on for a while. You know, people are, out there, you know, and, um, this is, it's a fascinating, fascinating time. I'm, I'm glad to see that a lot of the looting has stopped for the most part. Um, I'm sure that's going on somewhere, but I haven't, I haven't heard too much, at least in the last two or three days. um, and, um, a lot of the, a lot of the craziness is, I mean, cops, every day the cops are doing something stupid somewhere though. You know what I mean? You still keep hearing about them. Like one, one of the best things I saw in the last few days, and I know we're wrapping it up, is, um, there was, there was, um, a, a group of black kids lined, lined up on their knees with their placards or with their hands up and the, the cops were coming toward them and a group of white kids, they yelled out to them and they all got in front and they literally stopped. I was like, "What? The white the cops stop
3: seeing everybody every day." Yep, yep, yep. Well, I mean, that's that's what our ally is supposed to do. If you know that you have the complexion for the protection, you better be using it. <laughs> to hey, that's Paul Mooney right there. Paul Mooney's been saying this since 1960s when he was the, writing for Richard Pryor. If you got the complexion for, for the protection, you best use it to help, you know, forward stuff that, cause you know, anytime that black people rise, the nation rises with it. Right. Cause when we bring about change, the change is good and beneficial to every single American in this country, whether, you know, and I'm not even talking about globally, <laughs> I'm just talking about United States. So, you know, and, and now's the time to choose what side of history you're going to be on. Like seriously, because people, because we're in the digital age, a lot of stuff is going to be forever. And, No matter what you think, because a lot of people are focusing on, uh, what did they say? They're focusing on the what instead of the why. A lot of people are focusing on the looting. A lot of people are focusing on people destroying property. Like, I'm going to say it like I always say it. All forms of protest are valid to me. I don't give a fuck about no stores. I I don't give a fuck about people looting. I, I don't give a fuck about people destroying property stuff. As long as you're not destroying people's houses and you're not destroying grocery stores and... Well, they stores do, that people get they medicine. Oh, I know. I know they do. But I'm right, just saying, right. me personally, right. like, be, be strategic about what but, uh, yeah, be strategic right. yeah, what but, you're targeting. But the thing is,
0: that, I mean, look, I mean, I agree with you because, you know what, those, there's insurance for all that shit.
3: Yeah. You know what? And, 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 and you got to watch out for people who are coming in here who want to mess stuff up, but they don't actually live in those communities. So just be strategic, people. Be strategic. But now's the time to, to, to really think about what side of history you're gonna be on, um, what your values are gonna be once we get past this Miss Rona, and this, this police stuff, and, you know, it's just, these are interesting times, and I just, uh, in a way, I, real, I feel really blessed to be able to live during this, um, and I think this is gonna be an interesting time for creatives, um, and we've said this before. It's going to be interesting what type of things and content that comes out years from now, because of all of this. Yeah,
0: yeah, for sure. For,
2: yeah, what's going to come out in like three years?
3: Yeah, mm-hmm.
2: It'll be fascinating.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: It'll be really fascinating. Well, <clears throat> you know, for all you writers out there, you know, um, it, it's just uh, shit. I don't even have too much to say. I mean, it's just like a weird. You know, I know we didn't spend too much time talking about writing and stuff today, but it's just the climate we're in. Um, well, we will be with somebody next week. We will talk some more writing shit. Um, but um, I think I think Lisa and Chris both both said it. You know, I think we're all at a time where we're you know dealing with stuff and, and, and trying to figure out even how to write and how to get you know our work done in this in this in this time when we're filling stuff. And I agree with with everything everybody's saying. That you know sometimes. Sometimes you don't have to be writing. Right. Uh, I, think that's, I think that's my lesson out of this week in particular, because I'm one of those people I feel like I should be doing something every day. You know, and I forget I did wake up this morning and hear a podcast. I forget I did watch a film last night. Whatever exactly. The film is, exactly. You know, that exactly. You, you forget the research is in the things we do. And I love Chris. I know you and Paul have your favorite thing that um, a lot of writers forget that when we're staring out a window, we're actually writing. Right. You know, people don't, they don't realize that that's, that's a thing we do. We're thinking. Yeah. You know what I mean? Well,
0: well yeah. There's, I, mean, I, mean, I mean, it's the mistake that people make is that, like, the preparation is probably, like, 80%. of it. You know? I mean,
3: don't focus so much on the output. Focus a lot more, I think, more on the input, what you're putting into your mind. Right now, it's just as important as as much as you're putting out in terms of writing your scripts, writing your stories, writing your pilots and things like that. And it's just you know, you gotta you gotta replenish. You know, we put a lot of stuff and energy out. You gotta replenish that stuff in. You know. Yep. All right.
2: <clears throat> well, thank you guys. We appreciate everybody, everybody hanging with us today. Um, we are on Sunday the seventh. This will drop tomorrow.
3: I'm Man. just sitting here. I, I'm just sitting here laying in bed. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just laying I'm here. Gonna, I'm going gonna to work today. I'm gonna, I'm gonna try to work out.
2: And that's the other thing. I haven't been working out the last three days, which has been weird for me, too. Like, oh my I'll, God. Get that, I'll get down. I'm, so, I'll do I'm sorry. Did we,
3: have, did we have an invasion of the body snatchers? Is exactly. this for your guests? I mean, I
2: guess. Like, I did probably like. 50 push-ups yesterday, which is not nothing for me. That's not enough at all, man. No. Okay. So <laughs> that's usually just warming myself up. Right. And right. so anyway, um, um, so today, like when we get off this call, I'm dedicating like 45 minutes to just working out. If I get back to work, I do. And if I don't fuck it.
3: Yeah. You know? Yeah. I like, literally I'm going to get off of here. I'm going to call my sister in Italy. We're going to do a WhatsApp, um, chat face chat together and then I'm gonna finish watching Parasite on Netflix, which is the an anime. Have you checked it out yet? The anime parasite? No. Where this alien goes inside this teenager's hand and so there's aliens come to Earth, but this particular teenager, his alien it was only able to infect his hand, so he talks to his hand and his hand's fighting all this it's crazy okay. and I love it. But it's parasite, what, so check it out. On Netflix. On it's on Netflix. But, oh, it's spelled, okay. but it's spelled but it's spelled Parasite is spelled different. It's spelled P A R A S Y T E Parasite. Oh. But it's, uh it's Japanese anime. It's mm. really, really good. They're only 20 minute uh the episode's only like twenty minutes long. Oh the TV and show. it's uh yeah, it's an animated TV show on Netflix. Mm-hmm. So awesome. yeah. Cool. Good stuff. Good awesome. stuff.
2: Well thank you guys. We appreciate you guys listening. Um where you at Chris Derek? I
0: am at Unauthorized C B D on Twitter and Instagram. Um, that's you know, that's where I am. All right. Lisa, I mean if, I mean if I'm around.
3: I'm over on Twitter. I mean, you know I have my tons of burner accounts, but uh I've been pretty consistent coming back to Twitter. So my Twitter is uh What Fresh Hell Is This. Awesome. True. Um, and I am your host,
2: Hilliard Guest. You guys can follow me on Twitter, um, Instagram, at Hilliard Guest. You guys can follow the show, Screenwriters RR, on Twitter. Any questions, ScreenwritersRantRoom Room at gmail.com. Please go on iTunes, Stitcher, Apple Podcast, Anchor, um, Spotify, Google Play, whatever you listen to, we're everywhere. Also, check us out. Where else, Chris? Uh,
0: if you go to our
2: website, uh,
0: screenwritersrr.com, where you can get all this information on the, you know, uh, there's it's t-shirts looking, to buy. This is looking good. I went
2: on the updates Looks good.
0: Yeah, there's t-shirts you can buy. There's uh, uh, there's, there's, there's coat. There's updates. There's there's, there's there, there might be a sixteen nineteen hat. I might develop oh. if, 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 if <laughs> coming up. Um, you know, there's the Patreon. You can support yeah. the show on. There's the links to that all up and down the website. You know, so. um, and 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 you can ask us questions directly there.
2: Yeah, so, we need to do another Q and A episode coming up. In the next yeah, time. that'll be fun. Yeah, for sure. Um, and we need to talk about do we want to do? I mean, I don't, I don't have a. Oh, we'll talk about it after. Be, when we finish this, we'll talk about it. Um, all right, cool. Well, thank y'all. Um, shit, like I said I came things <laughs> straight.
1: <laughs> hey,
2: that's just how it is. That's how it is. Oh, this is just a weird space for me. Um. Anyway, so we love you guys. We appreciate you guys listening. You know, be safe out there if you guys are out there protesting. Um, and if you're white and you're out there protesting, we appreciate you. And um, you know, whatever it is you guys are doing, and and um, we're coming out with a thing that you probably are seeing. There's lots of tweets on how to support, you know, black-owned businesses. You know, I think that's a really important one. Um, you know, we are a black-owned podcast, which is another business, right? Um right. so appreciate y'all listening to this getting so this support game.
0: Support the show, get us For up sure. on the, uh, the 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 what's it called? The uh, the Patreon. Don't yes.
2: slip. Don't slip. <laughs> exactly. Anyway, y'all know how we do it on the rant room. On the show we keep it real. We keep it opinionated we keep, it wet, y'all. We it keep is it what watch out. We keep
3: it is what it is. is what it is. What it is. It is. <laughs> I'm gonna
1: say what I feel.